The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, everybody. It's Mike Rogers, and it's time for this week's edition of The Welsh Wire. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. We're here today with Jesse Young, attorney with Christ Enderley, with offices in Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, and Battle Creek. Jesse, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Thank you. Great to be here. Glad to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about Christ Enderley and your background and maybe your area of specialty, Jesse. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, Christ Enderley is a full-service firm in West Michigan. Uh, we have three different offices and practice areas include collections, real estate, business transactions, estate planning family law, criminal matters, and civil litigation. Uh, As for my practice, I practice exclusively in the area of employment law, uh, handling cases for both employees and employers, which would include cases like wage and hour cases, discrimination, harassment, uh, non-compete agreements, whistleblowing activities, and review of company policies. So a little bit of everything, all things employment law. That's right. And one of the areas that you mentioned that you work in is with non-compete agreements for companies. And also, it sounds like taking a look at those on behalf of employees, too. So the um, non-competes are an interesting topic for me to cover in my business because I'm often asked by my clients or by candidates that are looking at new opportunities if non-competes are really important, are they enforceable? I mean, what's the advice that you give people on how the courts and and how non-competes might be viewed in the state of Michigan, Jesse? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I guess I'd like to just point out is you have also non-disclosure agreements and non-solicitation agreements uh, that come up. Those are different than non-compete agreements. And I, I just want to point that out. Uh, typically you'll find those all lumped together in the same document. Right. But, uh, how do they differ? Well, for example, non-disclosures are generally for the lower level employees, um, basically saying you can't disclose confidential information uh, that you've gained at the company, Um, whereas non-solicitation agreements are more geared towards uh, sales personnel, uh, can't take our clients, can't take the customers, you can't solicit away other employees, things like that. And those are different than the non-compete. The non-compete says basically that the employee, employee cannot compete with the employer after they leave, um, you know, for a certain amount of time, uh, might cover a certain area, um, and it might be limited to a certain um, type of business that the company offers. Okay, so it's good to make a distinction between those three levels, and probably the one that is least understood and has the most question is truly the non-compete, because it's a little it's a little more difficult to yeah, understand. It is, and it's it's probably more impactful than than the rest of the absolutely because it really ties employees' hands when they leave the employer, right? So depending on uh, what the non compete covers, and they are enforceable, by the way, if if they're drafted correctly, um, you know, it really impacts the employee much more than the other agreements. Absolutely, it does. I can understand why. So let's talk about those non-compete agreements from an employer standpoint first. Okay, so who do you believe are the right people in the company to sign that non-compete agreement? If I'm if I'm an employer and I need someone to sign, who should 
in the company should I look to protect? Uh, typically, that'd be one of your higher level management employees, uh, a director, an executive, um, an officer, maybe even corporate counsel, um, somebody that has the authority to buy in the company. Uh, and typically, employers want these agreements um, for a number of reasons. And those could be basically to protect um, their customers. Um, you know, it enhances the value of the company should they ever want to sell the company. Um, a potential buyer might want to know that all the employees have signed non-competes. Um, you know, shaping the ground rules for any potential litigation uh, that may or may not ever come up. Um, you know, protecting customer relationships, uh, clarifying expectations with the employees who actually sign the agreements as to, you know, what they can and can't do when they leave. Um, it, you know, and just overall, just protecting the business. Right, right. So it's a good idea to consider those. They definitely are enforceable in the state of Michigan, and it can help protect your business in the event that a key employee should make a decision to leave the organization, go to work for a competitor, maybe even start their own company. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't want them to use the knowledge that they've gained working for you and take that and compete with you um, down the road. Right, so. right. So what are the key elements that should be present in a good non-compete when you're putting together um, an agreement for one of your clients? I'm sure there are some things that need to be present in that in order to make it enforceable. Yeah, so in Michigan, at least, um, non-competes that are reasonable or found to be reasonable by the courts are enforceable. And the court looks typically at four things in a non-compete uh, to determine if they're reasonable. Um, and the four factors uh, generally are the, the line of business or the type of employment that is being, um, that is at issue, um, the geographical area that the employee is restricted to, uh, the duration of time that the employee um, is prohibited from competing with a company. And finally, the court looks at the competitive business interests that are being protected uh, in the agreement. And basically, if, if the court looks at these four factors and determines that they're all reasonable, most likely that non-compete agreement is going to be upheld. Okay, so let's go back to the line of business. So are, are you suggesting that there are certain lines of business that could be protected or should be protected, the courts believe, and others that not so much? Well, basically, what what the the element of the line of business involves, uh, the court will look at a, a non-compete and whether it, it prohibits a former employee from working in a specific subset of an industry, for example. Uh, non-competes that prohibit former, former employees from working for a competitor in any capacity, for example, if it's an insurance salesperson uh, who is being prohibited from going to work for a competitor as a secretary or a uh, janitor, for example, would obviously be unreasonable. So okay, the courts want to see some some similarities in the job, in the position, in the line of business that is being uh, prohibited from competing against them. Right. So they talk about his line of business. We might talk about it in the HR senses for more, uh, perhaps the given discipline or the job title or occupation that the person holds. Would that be fair to say? Right. So, yeah. I mean, if the position is, is related to what they're currently doing, then it's it's more likely to be upheld. If the position is unrelated to the position that they're currently holding, then it's more likely to be unreasonable is another way to think about it. Got that. it. Makes sense. And then geographic factors, too. You mentioned that. So tell us how the courts might look at that from a geography standpoint. Yeah. So this is one of the more impactful uh, elements, in my opinion. So uh, basically, the court looks at the geographic location. And if, for example, if the company is located in West Michigan and the non-compete limits the competition to West Michigan, that's probably going to be 
upheld as reasonable. Okay. However, if it's a company that operates in West Michigan and they're trying to enforce a nationwide non-compete agreement, that's more likely going to be found unreasonable and most likely will be. Gotcha. So, I, I often see in, in ones that um, candidates may bring to me a 50-mile radius. Yeah. Of the, of the company headquarters or a 50 mile radius of any location mm-hmm. that the company has within the state of Michigan. And you're saying that's very much enforceable. Th- those are very enforceable. Yeah. So you'll often see, um, that the employee is not allowed to compete within 75 miles of the city of Kalamazoo, for mm-hmm. example. And that's going to be many times to be found reasonable. Uh, of course, you got to look at all four factors and, and sure. all of that, but typically that's a reasonable restriction. Okay. Okay. And then also the duration was one that you mentioned. And I know I've seen, I've seen that run the gamut really from, you know, a year to five years. And, and that's a question that I often get when people bring one to me and say, am I going to be able to leave and take another job? What do you say about the duration? So the duration typically six months to a year is certainly the norm. And I think that would be very reasonable, uh, and upheld by most courts. Uh, the, the real the litigation really comes into play when you have anywhere between one to three years. Okay, that's, that's kind of the sweet spot uh, for litigation and and really disputes. Uh, anything in excess of three years is probably going to be unreasonable. Okay, uh, again, this all depends on the situation, but that's typically what the guidelines would be. Right. Yeah. The last factor you mentioned, Jesse, was um, competitive interests. Is that right? So explain that to us a little bit more. What what does that factor represent? Well, that factor uh, relates to employers when they're trying to uh, safeguard against unfair advantages that the former employee would have in competition um, in the immediate aftermath of a termination. So examples would be um, specialized training, knowledge of the employer's existing customers, uh, familiarity with confidential information, uh, things of that nature. So this is a little different than the line of business factor. And this is more, uh, more tuned to the specific uh, experiences that the employee had while working at the company. I see. So uh, an example of that might be, I was aware of a new product that was being developed and targeted specifically for company X. Right. And now I go to a competitor and I say, hey, here's this product we were developing and company X was ready to sign on the line. Right. That's- we we could do it here and we could do it $10 cheaper and they might take it from us. Sort of a thing. Exactly. Okay. So compare, compare and contrast that with just a more general non-compete where you're just blanket prohibited from competing in any sense whatsoever. That's what this factor addresses. Gotcha. Okay. So are there some any terms or conditions that should be avoided, really generally seen as unenforceable in a non-compete, things that you should not include in your agreement as an employer? Uh, well, they're largely things that we've already discussed. So <clears throat> things like Extended duration uh, should be viewed uh, as typically going to be thrown out if it's more than three years. Um, and you really need to pay attention to the scope of the non-compete and whether um, that's going to be a nationwide, as we discussed, or a more regional uh, scope. And really, that just depends on the company and the scope of its business. Uh, those kind of things really should be examined and considered by the employer when drafting their non-competes. Okay. So shifting gears... So I'm an employee of Company X, and I've been asked to sign a non-compete. What should I look at before signing that? Should I consult with my attorney before signing that? Yeah, so for the employees, uh, I think the number one thing 
for employees is they should understand when they're presented with a non-compete, they're typically drafted uh, heavily in the employer's favor to start with. So my, my advice to employees, first thing you should do when you get a non-compete or when you're presented with a non-compete is, is to take that to an attorney uh, to review it, to make sure it's reasonable. Uh, and to even ask the employer for some time to go have it reviewed by an attorney. I think most, most employers would understand, um, you know, if they have business savvy employees, they're probably going to expect that question. Uh, and you really don't have anything to lose by having it reviewed by an attorney. So first and foremost is, is have it reviewed by an attorney before you sign it. Okay. Good. Good. So let's say I have signed a non-compete with my employer and I'm thinking it's time to leave that employer. What should I do? Well, again, you should probably consult with an attorney, um, have them review the agreement uh, to figure out if there's any way to have the agreement uh, invalidated or modified or to approach the employer to somehow negotiate certain terms in the agreement. Um, oftentimes, you'll find that employers are willing to work with employees in order to uh, avoid a dispute or avoid litigation. Um, at the end of the day, nobody really wants to litigate. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That, that would be my advice if you've already signed a non-compete and you're looking to move on. Have a candid and frank conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. It's always best. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, that happens sometimes in the heat of the moment and, you know, people are upset and um, the conversations don't always go well. So um, my experience is sometimes those conversations just don't happen. But what happens if you don't have that conversation and you go to work for company Y? And uh, you may be in violation of your non-compete. What could happen to you to if you violate that non-compete? So what's likely to happen is um, you'll start with your new employer. And not long after that, you'll have a letter from some attorney uh, saying cease and desist, um, asking you to quit the job or to pay damages or, or some other threat for legal action. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to deal with that. And most likely at that point, You'll have to get an attorney. Uh, hopefully, uh, you can still work it out, but um, that's why you want to see an attorney before you leave. Absolutely. And the way you just described that, to be clear, that's not your new employer's problem. It's your problem. They're it, not necessarily going to fight that fight for you. It's, not necessarily. But if I if I were the employee, I would be worried about that because oftentimes what can happen is if you fail to disclose a non-compete to a new employer, the new employer could get dragged into a lawsuit. And so that really makes you look bad. So you've left company A with a non-compete and now you may or may not be competing in violation of the contract. And now you've just drug your new employer into the litigation. It's not the, a really good way to start off a no, new relationship with a new employer. Not at all. Or not to, recommended. No. <laughs> so you'll find yourself in a pretty bad position um, if that were the case, but it happens. And so that's why you need to have an attorney, um, you know, consult with you on your non-compete and, and be upfront. Right. It, it sounds like your advice is it's always better to put your cards on the table, talk open and honestly before leaving your previous employer, yes. and also be very open and transparent with your new employer about your limitations. Right, exactly. To avoid any problems because chances are if you in going to that new company, if you haven't disclosed everything, they may terminate you immediately upon finding that you have a non-compete right. in place which will not allow you to do the very thing they hired you to do. Exactly. Correct? Because they don't want the headache and typically right. well, 
not typically, but sometimes they can find a, a replacement and who doesn't have a non-compete. And so that's a more attractive option for them. Right. Right. So, um, what are the best practices for potential employers and in, in hiring employees subject to a non-compete? Bring that right up in the interview process. Is that what you would recommend to, I mean, if you, if you know you're hiring for a position that's likely to have right. non-compete issues tied to it. Yeah. I mean, I would advise employers, potential employers to put this right in their interview sheet. Ask if, if the employee is signed a non-compete. Um, typically, like we discussed in the sales profession or the uh, insurance representative profession, uh, you know, those are very common. So you, you want to ask up front, figure out if they have one. It's possible that they may have signed one, but they don't have a copy of it, in which case you'll want to have them request a copy of it. Uh, and the new employer will want to have an attorney review that agreement to see what the limitations are on the new employer and uh, just to avoid another dispute. Right, right. So that's, I think that's a great piece of advice for employers to write in the interview process, ask the employee if there's any potential um, non-compete that they may have signed. It may be interesting also to, to pop back to what we talked about earlier about the non-disclosure or the non-solicitation yeah. elements too, to even ask those questions. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like I said, th those agreements typically come together in the same agreement, but sometimes they don't. So you'll, you'll want to also ask, you know, did you sign a non-disclosure agreement? Did you sign a non-solicitation agreement? If the employee is planning to bring somebody with them, you're going to want to know if they signed a non-solicitation agreement. Right. And it would be good for, um, if the employee says, I don't know, I, I really have no idea as the potential new employer, it would be good for you to ask them to find that out yeah, before you would out. ever hire them. I, right. I, I can't imagine uh, there being a worse situation than bringing someone on board onto your team, expecting they can do a job that they can't do because right. legally they're unable to do it. Right. And if, if the new employer finds themselves in the situation where um, they don't know if there's a non-compete or the employee doesn't remember if there's a non-compete, it's probably a good idea to have the employee sign something uh, acknowledging that they haven't brought any new business with them. They haven't brought any new employees with them. They don't have any knowledge about a non-compete or they can't recall just to give the new employer some protection going forward so they can show this and say, you know, our hands are clean. Confidence in that. Yeah, that's yeah. a, that is a great idea. So if you had to give employees one piece of advice, Jesse, on this topic, what would that be? Uh, I, I would say don't be afraid to negotiate the non-compete at the start of your employment. Like I said earlier, most employers would be at least receptive to having that discussion. And that really sets yourself up for success if and when you ever leave the company. You'll you'll feel better about it when you leave, knowing that you negotiated the agreement. Um, oftentimes, you see employees that are really upset because they signed these non-compete agreements. And then when they leave, they didn't think about this yeah. at the beginning of the employment situation. So uh, my my advice to them would be to negotiate the agreements up front. All right. And for business leaders... Uh, leaders in companies, owners of companies, thinking about non-compete, non-solicitation, non-disclosure, what advice would you give them on that topic? What should they consider? Well, they should consider having an attorney uh, tailor a non-compete agreement that really fits their business model. Uh, one size does not fit all. That's usually correct. And so, you know, it's good to have an attorney that you can discuss your business with to talk with them about the ins and outs and and the attorney can figure out from there what's reasonable, um, you know, as far as the scope and the duration right. and the geography and all of that. So 
uh, my advice to the employer would have an attorney review the agreement. All right. Tailor one for them. Great. Good advice. Excellent advice. Again, this is a topic that I hear questions about so often in the work that I do with employers and with potential candidates looking to change jobs. So you have given some great advice today, Jesse, which we really appreciate. If our listeners have questions and might like to consult with you personally on what they could do in their business or in their their uh, career to address non-compete issues and questions that they have, how can they get a hold of you, Jesse? Uh, sure. So they can call me directly. My phone number is 269 321 Two three one one, or my email address is jyoung at kehb dot com. I'd be happy to speak with them. Excellent, Jesse Young from Christ Enderly. Thanks for being with us on the Welsh Wire today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net. dot net.